Hello everyone and welcome back to the Drew View. In today's show, we are going to be going over the leak that came out with the former President Trump documents case, and we're also going to be talking about a potential President Trump and Robert F. Kennedy ticket. I'm Drew Bennett and you're listening to the Drew View. Alrighty, folks, thank you guys for tuning back into another episode of the show. So in today's episode, we're going to be covering the leak that came out from CNN about the former President Trump indictment, what that really means for the case, and what it means for President Trump's uh, chances in 2024. We're also going to be talking about his potential running mate and the interesting uh, dynamic that could be happening there. So if we just start off with the basic facts that came out from CNN, there was this uh, clip, that this tape that was leaked, and essentially it was Donald Trump saying to somebody that, hey, here is this plans for something we had, you know, dealing with Iraq or Iran, one of the two, I think it was Iran, actually. And he was talking about this document and he was like, you know, this this totally makes my case for me, this wins me my case, but it's it's highly confidential. Now, when I was president, I could have declassified this, uh, but now I can't. And that's essentially what it was. And they think that him saying that, you know, when I was president, I could have declassified this, but now I cannot. I think that is what they're trying to get him for and what they're trying to bring up. Let's first talk about the leak in general. I've made this point before on the show, and that is Democrats always find a way to intercept or get these leaks that are damning to Republicans, but you never hear any leaks or anything like that that come at such convenient timing that show something bad that a Democrat has done or anything like that. So CNN comes out with this leak, right? And they're talking about, oh, you know, Donald Trump said this and it's totally horrible for him. And they do this right at a time when more is coming out about Hunter Biden. And when, you know, Hunter Biden is now, not only was he just charged, but now he's being looked at for this text message that he sent that's literally linking former President Joe Biden to his business dealings overseas in China, specifically a country that, you know, we're not friends with. Let's just be clear on that. And so you see just this convenient timing come out with this leak. And Democrats have a way of doing this. Somehow they dig up dirt on Republicans or conservatives or right-leaning people in some way, shape, or form at convenient timing. Let's look at, example, the Supreme Court decision with Dobbs v. Jackson. I think it was Dobbs v. Jackson, right? Um, it was the one that overturned Roe v. Wade. And that came out before the court had officially decided that case. So what was the whole reasoning behind that? Why would that be politically motivated, anything like that? Well, why don't we look at the fact that um, as soon as that was leaked, as soon as that was leaked, there were protests everywhere. People showed up at these justices' homes. It was an intimidation tactic. Somebody, one of the liberal justices on the Supreme Court said, hmm, you know what we should do? We should leak this to the press, something that has like never been done in American history and is very, very dangerous because of this. And then they'll intimidate the conservative justices. And maybe, just maybe, if we intimidate them enough and we get them to waver enough, 
we can get a couple on our side and Roe v. Wade can stay in place. Thankfully, that did not happen. Thankfully, our Supreme Court did what the court was supposed to do and did not cave in to the beliefs of the American people or, you know, whatever people believed at the time, but rather they looked at the Constitution and they said, this is what we you know, this is what the text says, this is what we can do, and they overturned Roe v. Wade. And you've seen that many times with all these different leaks. They happen so conveniently, and it happens again. You see a leak, and it's a, it's a pretty, I'm just saying, it is a pretty big leak for CNN to just magically receive, oh, CNN has just magically received this tape from an anonymous source, and, like, they haven't said where they got it from, they haven't said anything like that. Who knows, the person working on this case could have just said, here you go, CNN, here's this tape, this is pretty damning for President Trump, and in their opinion, it might be, it's still, we don't know what document Trump was referring to, we don't know uh, he said it was, you know, highly confidential. Does that mean it was classified? Does that mean he was showing it to people without security clearances? It, it's all very up in the air. We don't have the full context. I believe I heard that the context of it was that, uh, so there was somebody, people that were going after Trump saying that he tried, tried to start a war with Iran and they said, oh, here's the evidence. And then there was evidence of General Milley and all of the plans that he had. And Trump was trying to say, hey, it wasn't me. It was this guy. It was this goon that you're trying to blame. You know, you're trying to put this on me. So I, I do think that it is something we have to take with a grain of salt. But it is something worth looking into. We do have to obviously take it, look at it, see is there anything that he did wrong. But at the same time, I know this is the phrase that everybody hates to hear. Are there any leaks on the Joe Biden case and all of his documents that he has all over the country? He's got documents in every single place he's ever lived or visited. Uh, do we hear any leaks from that? Do we hear anything about how he has uh, information that he shouldn't have because he had no power to declassify anything? Like none of this has come out anything about Biden. And it won't come out until after he's done being president or after he's dead, more likely. None of this will come out because they don't want to say anything bad about Biden. They want the American people to sit there and think that Joe Biden is an upstanding citizen while they think Donald Trump is just this terrible, horrible, no good, very bad orange man. And that's their goal. That is what they want to make the election about. Again, would they be doing this if Donald Trump wasn't running? If Donald Trump said, you know what, I'm throwing in the towel, I'm going back to Mar-a-Lago, I'm never going to get involved in politics again, I'm just going to sit back and let the Republicans do their thing, none of this would be happening. I think we all can understand that. I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to figure out that that's how it works. And it's unfortunate that that's how it works, but it is. It simply is how it works. So it is. It's frustrating. Because you look at it and you say, how is that not election interference when the only reason they're doing it is because Donald Trump is running and right now he's leading in the polls to Joe Biden. That is the reason that this is happening, clearly. And there's still more indictments to come, I guarantee it. There's going to be some with January 6th. There's going to be some in Georgia with what happened there and a phone call that happened there. There's going to be so many other things that they just try and throw the book at Trump. And they don't really want the cases to be over until after the election because they want to say, well, 
look at this. Um, I guess I should kind of rephrase that. If they think that they're going to get him for something, like legitimately get him, they want it to be done before the election comes about, before the general election. But if it is something that they don't know whether or not they're going to win, like the Manhattan case, it's totally basically fake, made up, all these charges that no competent person would bring. And they bring all these charges. And with that case, it's like, okay, they probably want that to occur after the election. So people will just think that Trump is a criminal, even though he'll probably, they'll probably shake it up and be like, no, that's a bunch of crap. We're not even, no, that's just, no, we're not doing that. So I kind of see where it's like, hmm, they want Donald Trump to be looked at as a criminal. That's, that's their only goal. They want people to say, oh, you better not vote for that guy. He's a criminal. And and that's that's what they're going to go with. Donald Trump is a criminal. That is their strategy. Why? Because if they can get 40 cases against Trump and Biden only has 30 cases against him, 40 is more than 30 and Trump looks like more of a bad guy. And if they can get news networks to air every single indictment of President Trump and cover up everything to do with the dirt that we have on Biden, Hunter Biden, you know, Joe and Hunter Biden uh, and other Democrats. That is their goal. Their goal is to say Trump is a bad guy. Biden is Biden. So don't vote for Trump. Vote for Biden because, well, he's not Trump. Again, that's what they're going with. It is so clear, clear as the noonday sun, that they have nothing else to run on other than Trump bad. Biden, eh, and eh is better than that. That that's their pitch. So so we get to this point now where we're like, okay, does it have to be Biden and Trump? Is that really what it's going to be? I don't see Trump losing the Republican nomination whatsoever. DeSantis, who is the second, you know, in second place, he's the other candidate. Really, most people would say that Trump and DeSantis are the only two candidates with a chance. And DeSantis has fallen every month, even like since his announcement. And people thought that, well, that was going to be what, you know, boosted him in the polls. No, he's gone down since then. So I really don't think that DeSantis really has a chance. I think it's Trump's to lose. I think Donald Trump is going to win the nomination pretty handedly. It is coming out that DeSantis is a little more establishmentarian than uh, more people would like to admit. And it's sad. A lot of people, you know, don't want to see him that way. But the people he is being backed by are a lot of establishment people. You have Jeb Bush. I mean, come on. Jeb Bush is a incredibly establishment figure. Then you have pretty much the whole Republican establishment who doesn't like Trump. They really don't like that DeSantis is kind of trying to be like Trump, but they're like, okay, at least he's not Trump. And at least he might not go after the establishment as hard. So I guess we can go with DeSantis because he's not going to drain the swamp as much as Trump will. So let's kind of get into that side of things. We have Donald Trump running on the Republican side. Now, well, I guess before we do that, let's look at the Democratic side. It's going to be Joe Biden. They will not let Robert F. Kennedy Jr., debate Joe Biden. It doesn't matter if every single Democrat and their mother wants them to debate. They're going to say, no, we're not having it because Biden is our candidate. We're not going with anyone else, even though Biden is a dementia-ridden guy who doesn't know where he's at, doesn't know how to walk, doesn't know how to talk. It's really sad. It's really bad. But 
we're going to put him up because he's not Trump and he will do exactly what we say. He's going to push and tow uh, the establishment line and whatever the Democratic establishment wants. That is what Joe Biden is going to do. So you have Joe Biden and Donald Trump, the presumptive nominees of the two parties, right? Now, let's look at something that a few people have been talking about and something that I think would be so interesting. That is a potential Donald Trump and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. ticket. Now, what would this entail? So it would probably be, you know, Donald Trump wins the Republican nomination. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. gets screwed by the Democrats like they did to Bernie Sanders two years in a row. Because if you're not the Democratic establishments, uh, if you're not their nominee of choice, then you get screwed over. If you're not uh, Hillary Clinton in the 2016 race, then you get screwed over because we want Hillary. If you're not Joe Biden in the 2020 race, you get screwed over because you're not the establishment's choice. So the establishment in the Democratic Party, they pick who they want and anyone who opposes them, they will destroy whatever uh, by whatever means necessary. That is clear. There is no dissent in the Democratic Party. If you have any dissent whatsoever, you are an outcast in the party. Every single Democrat votes the same exact way, hands down, no questions asked. They don't think for themselves. They listen to party leadership. That's what they do. They're a well-oiled machine. That's what they are. If you vote for a Democrat, there is no Democrat other than maybe Joe Manchin in West Virginia of all states, but he's about the only Democrat I can think of that knows how to think for himself. Every other Democrat will vote for exactly what party leadership tells them to. Look at the House, look at the Senate. You will always have Republicans who will, oh, they'll side with the Democrats here, or oh, they won't vote, or oh, they'll, you know, they'll do this, they'll do that. You always have a handful of Republicans that will move back and forth, and they'll do this and that. And you have different parts of the Republican Party who believe different things. No, the Democratic Party is, this is what we're doing. If you don't listen, we're going to oust you from our party. You'll die politically. We will murder you politically. You will have no political future unless you do exactly what we say. Why do you think Gavin Newsom isn't running? Gavin Newsom, he probably would take the nomination over Joe Biden, but that's not what they want. They want Joe Biden because he will not think for himself. He doesn't have the capacity to think for himself, so he will just do whatever we tell him to do. Therefore, he's our candidate. If we have Gavin Newsom, yeah, he's going to do what we want him to do, but he might, you know, have his own thoughts on what to do here and there. And no, party leadership knows better. That's kind of how the Democratic Party rolls. So Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is one of those people who I could see going, you know what? Screw this. I'm I'm going to run still because you guys are losers. You screwed me over. I should be able to debate Biden. And what's he going to do? What is his best chance at getting in power somehow? His best chance is to run with former President Donald Trump. Now, would Donald Trump do this? I don't know. He's crazy enough to. He's crazy enough to. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., he's crazy enough to join a Republican, I would say, because what is happening is we are seeing not just a divide between, you know, oh, well, abortion and the Second Amendment and all of these things. It's like, oh, well, 
transgenderism, you know, LGBTQ stuff. It's like, that is not the only issues that we're facing anymore. It's simply not. We are facing a lot bigger issues. Let's start with who controls our government? Do the people control our government? Or do the elites at the top control our government? Who gets to decide what free speech we have? Is it the people just get to talk about what they want because we have a First Amendment? Or is it people can talk about what they want, but at the same time, the heads of the elite that are the heads of these social media companies can strike down anything that you say that they find to be either offensive or against their quote-unquote policies that are constantly changing. We only have free speech, at least on social media, as much as these big elites will let us. You cannot talk about certain things. Robert F. Kennedy does an interview with Jordan B. Peterson and YouTube strikes it down. Why? Not because they said anything that was against YouTube's policies, but that would mean that there are people that are going against Joe Biden. And Joe Biden's White House, Joe Biden's officials at the top are probably in contact. We know from the Twitter files, they are probably in contact with people that are heads of these social media companies. They were in contact with Twitter. The FBI was saying, hey, you've got to censor this. Nope, you've got to take that down. Make sure nothing comes out about that. Yada, yada, yada. So there's all this about that. Then you go over and you have on YouTube. I'm sure there are people in the government saying, hey, we cannot let Robert F. Kennedy have a big platform and sitting down with someone that prominent is going to boost his voice. Take it down. And they take it down. So you have these instances where it's like, okay, do the people control the government? Do the people control who gets free speech? Do the people get to elect their representatives or is it the elite? Or do we elect the Congress people and then they get to appoint the bureaucrats? They get to appoint all of the people who actually run this country. We don't actually, you know, I think everybody knows this by now. We don't really vote for the people who control this country. I think that's clear. We vote for congressmen. We vote for the president. But the congressman and the president, they work on appointing bureaucrats, and they do all of these things where those are the people who actually control the government. It is this bloated executive branch where this essentially fourth branch of government, the bureaucracy, I know this is kind of tough, so stick with me, guys, but those are the people who actually control the country, the FBI, the DOJ, all of these acronyms that you hear, that's pretty much what we're talking about, the Department of Homeland Security, the, you know, all of these different bureaucracies, they are who actually controls this country. And so there is really a big push where it's like, no, we want the people to control the government, not party elites. What does that mean? That means that the Republicans and Joe, uh, Donald Trump, who has been saying for years that we have to get rid of all of the swampiness in Washington, we have to go against the establishment and we have to kind of go our own path. We have to do what the people want. It's this more populist movement rather than necessarily a Republican or Democrat movement. It's a populist movement where it's like, okay, this is what the people want. This is what we're going to do. We're going to give power back to the people. We're going to let the people decide, okay, what do we want to do with this? What do we want to do with that? That is what we're seeing. Robert F. Kennedy is big on that. Robert F. Kennedy has faced censorship. He's faced 
cancel culture. He has faced all of these things. He understands this very well. He understands this very well. So there are a lot of things that he and Donald Trump do agree on. They don't agree on everything. They don't agree on issues like the Second Amendment, abortion, environmental issues, all of these things that we think are the biggest issues facing us. Those are not the biggest issues facing us. The biggest issues facing us are, are we going to let radical left crazies tell us that we have to say these things if we want to be able to have free speech? We want to, we have to affirm these people's fantasies if we want to be able to talk freely without being accused of hate speech. There are all these things that we have to, okay, we got to do this, 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 and this if we want free speech. There are all these qualifiers for free speech. How about Donald Trump, Robert F. Kennedy coming together and saying, I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat, we're joining in on the same ticket, and we're saying, you know what, we just want free speech regardless, period. No, not free speech without limits, but free speech in regards to we have to be able to speak freely about issues, we have to be able to say what we want to say, we can't be forced to say things. All of this bizarre craziness that has come out lately oh, you have to use these pronouns if you don't want to be accused of hate speech. You know, you got to do this. Oh, you got to do that. If you want to fit these guidelines, you can't talk about this or that. It's so crazy. If Donald Trump and Robert F. Kennedy come together on a ticket, that is going to be a winning ticket, period, end of story. People will understand that when two people from different parties are coming together to say, the establishment is a disaster. The establishment has ruined both of our parties. We are going to get back to a time when, no, we have free thinkers in our parties. We don't just have the establishment telling you what to think, how to think, and if you don't think like us, then you're screwed. But rather, no, we are going to stand on principles. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., principled. Donald Trump, principled. Now, those might not be principles you agree with, but at least they have them. That's the point. You might not agree with what principles that they have, but at least they have them. Joe Biden has no principles, period. He does what he's told to do. He claims he's Catholic and he sits there and supports abortion ad nauseum. He is not a principled man, period. He's not. That's simply not who he is. And that's not necessarily to say that, oh yeah, he's the worst, whatever. I don't think he's all there, but I just think that if you will totally upend your beliefs, if you will totally, you know, you'll claim to be Catholic and you'll claim to, oh yeah, I'm Roman Catholic and I'm I'm just this great religious guy and, and vote for me because I'm just such a nice guy. And then you go on and you talk about how great abortion is and how much you support the LGBTQ plus community, and all of these things that are so juxtaposed to this alleged Roman Catholic faith, it's like, no, you got to start actually meaning what you say. If you're going to be looked at as a serious person who actually stands on principle, you have to actually have principle. He doesn't have principles. He doesn't stand on principle. So that's why I think people are starting to realize, okay, we have to start getting back to principled politicians period. Principled politicians. We might not agree with them, but if they can stand on what they believe and they won't waver no matter what their party tells them, 
Joe Manchin, for example. You've got people in the Republican Party. The Republican Party has a has quite a few people who stand on principles because some say, no, I'm not wavering on this, and they'll go against the party on some things. And some people say, no, I don't agree with that, and then they'll go against the party. But the Democratic Party are in lockstep with one another. That usually does not scream principle. So if we can have a Donald Trump and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. ticket, I think that would be pretty cool. Or if we could just have Donald Trump going against Robert F. Kennedy, that would be pretty cool because at least we would get back to having some principled politicians. I think that's what our country really does need. Again, you might not agree with Donald Trump's principles, but I do think he has them. I do think he comes out and says, this is what I'm going to do, and he does it. This is what I believe, and he, and he does it. I don't think he's one of those people who just does whatever he has to do to get elected. I, I think it's clear that he doesn't really care. He's focused on what he believes will make America great again. Robert F. Kennedy, I don't think he's really focused on, oh, what is going to appease the Democratic Party and what's going to make them really want to push me. He's just saying, no, this is what I think is right. So I think that's what we need to get back to. But anyway, I know that was very long-winded and might not make sense. I was bouncing all around, but hopefully you can kind of understand where I'm coming from. I would say it would be interesting. It would be really interesting if we could get a Robert F. Kennedy and Donald Trump pairing and have Donald Trump at the top of the ticket and Robert F. Kennedy as a vice president. That would be pretty neat. It would be cool to see how two people from different parties could come together for the betterment of the country. It would be pretty cool. But anyway, thank you guys for listening. I'm going to end now with my closing prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, you're a great and mighty God. I want to thank you for the state that you've given us. I want to thank you for this opportunity for me to speak into this microphone again. Lord, I pray for our country. I pray for our leaders, uh, that you just help us as people, as citizens, to elect the best leaders possible that are going to follow your will for us, our country. Help us to be more like you in all that we do, and help us to be a light of you to those around us. We love you, we praise you, and it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys for sticking around until the end of another episode. I can't wait to see you guys back here again tomorrow for the next episode. I love you guys. Can't wait to see you tomorrow. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Share it with your friends. But until I see you next time, stay blessed.